Hello, you are listening to More to the Story, a podcast for those who enjoy diving deeper into the Bible. I am your host, James Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of More to the Story. Thank you for joining me again today for another episode. Um, excited to be able to come to you today and spend some more time with you. I do want to start, um, as I do every episode, thank you for liking and subscribing and um, sharing us on Facebook and giving us a rating. Man, it's appreciated. It's awesome. Thank you so much. But I am tired. I am recording this on a Sunday night. I have preached twice already today, once this morning, and then in the afternoon. And then after our afternoon service, we had our annual Thanksgiving dinner, which was delicious. It was uh, great food, great fun and fellowship with our church family. It was amazing. We had such a good time. And um, I'm tired. I am tired. But I thought I'd jump on here and record an episode really quickly. This might be a shorter episode, but that's okay. I trust that everybody is having a good holiday week. I do want to say happy Thanksgiving. It's going to be a good holiday. Thanksgiving's always fun to be able to spend time with family and eat a lot of good food. But the best thing about Thanksgiving is that it is the last holiday before Christmas. And I am a Christmas junkie. I absolutely love Christmas. We're already decorated for Christmas here at our house. My wife has put up our Christmas decorations earlier last week, and and we are loving it. We are loving it. It's the, the joy of Christmas. It is the most wonderful time of the year. If you think so and you agree, go to our Facebook page, More to the Story with James Jones, and uh, comment, and um, let's talk and let's have some conversation. But I'm going to go ahead and get right into this. Just let me read a couple scriptures real quick to kind of build a foundation for what I'm going to talk about it about today. And I want to start in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. This is what the Bible says, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. See see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may many become defiled. Let me read in 1 Thessalonians 5, just a couple verses, 5 and 21. But test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just read those to kind of set a foundation for what I'm going to talk about today or this evening or whatever time of day it is that you're listening um, I want to. I want to. I want to title this episode "Decorated." Decorated. So, in a world where evil is ever increasing and uh, wickedness is widespread, and sin is mainstream, 
in a world where the culture is more anti-Christ with every sunrise, we must never lose this one truth. It matters how we live. You see, there is a popular fallacy in modern Christendom, a false doctrine that many denominations believe and preach, and it's called eternal security. Or perhaps better known as once saved, always saved, this doctrine tells people that once they come to Christ and they accept Jesus as their personal Savior, that they are saved. If for the rest of their lives they are eternally secure, there is nothing that can take their salvation from them. There is no sin that they can commit. There is no sin that, that can cause them to be lost because they say that once God has saved you, you can never be lost again. We, however... Uh, we loudly disagree with that, and we come against this crazy and biblically illiterate belief because the Bible is clear that salvation is not a one and done. And the Bible is stunningly clear that salvation belongs to those who endure until the end. I want to be saved more than anything. And the Bible tells me that those who endure to the end shall be saved. And so sin can disqualify me. It can disqualify me and you from being saved and going to heaven. There are many scriptures that we can reference, but let me just uh, reference a couple. Matthew 24 and 10, Jesus said this, And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And so Jesus talks about a falling away. He says many will fall away in the end time, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. If somebody is eternally secure, and all they have to do is believe and accept God or Jesus as their Savior, and they can never be lost again, that makes this scripture uh, false. Jesus said there will be some that can fall away, that will fall away, that will be led astray. And, and then he ends it saying the one who endures until the end will be saved, right? Another scripture says, uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and 12 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So Paul, or whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, I believe it's Paul, um, he writes and says, he's warning them to watch out for people who will lead you to fall away from the living God. Yes, salvation is for everybody, but but the doctrine of eternal security is false. Once saved, always saved is not biblical. The Bible is clear that that it's, it's the one that endures until the end that shall be saved. So the Bible is clear that it matters how you live. It matters how you live. If we want to hear God say, well done, then we must do our best to do well, right? So Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I must work hard every single day to separate myself from sin in things that are not like God, because there are some things that God requires of us. And there are some things that God doesn't like and doesn't want to be a to be a part of our lives. And there is there's one thing that I would like to talk about today, and that is living holy, or something that we call holiness. And immediately, people, uh, most people will think that we are talking about dress and the clothes that we wear, and that is a part of it. We must dress modestly and appropriately. 
However, um, however, that is only a small part of holiness. We don't hear this taught very often. However, the Bible says in Hebrews that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And, and I don't know about anybody else that's listening to this podcast, but I for one want to see the Lord, right? That is my goal in life. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him high and lifted up. I want to see him in my life, in my family, in my city, in my church. I want to see Jesus, but we cannot see him without holiness, right? Uh, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 that he is praying for God to sanctify them completely, spirit, soul, and body. He says, sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. That tells me that we must pursue holiness in every area of our lives, in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. We must pursue uh, we must pursue holiness in our attitude. We must pursue holiness in our emotions. We must pursue holiness in our conversation and that's a big one. It matters what you say. It matters how you talk. It matters what words you use, right? There is a godly conversation and an ungodly conversation. The scripture is is clear. The New Testament tells us, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. In fact, Jesus said that you're going to be judged by on every idle word that you speak. We got to be holy in our conversation. It matters. Um, got to be holy in our mind and in, in how we think. And that's a that's a big battleground for the devil. He wants to fight us in our mind. And we've got to be vigilant and um, do our best to Keep that holy as well. And in our bodies, we, we've got to pursue holiness. But what does that mean? What does it mean to pursue holiness, to try to be holy? It's, it's, it's doing our best to live pleasing in the eyes of God. An example, in the same way that your child, if you're a parent, that, you're, that your child will do something that they think is good or right or nice, and they will look to you for approval, right? They'll do this thing and then they will look and see, did that make dad or mom happy? Did they smile at that? Did, did that did that make them smile? Uh, my daughter, Jubilee, she's precious. She is the cutest little thing. But um, here a while back, she we had got her a new toy. And it was a hand-eye coordination uh, um, type of toy where she would... She would pick up these quills and she would put them in the back of a porcupine, a porcupine, and there would be certain holes that they would fit in. And well, what she would do is it was it was the cutest thing. I got it on video. It's uh, it was a proud proud dad moment. But she would grab these quills and she would put one in the hole where it went, and then she would turn and look at us and smile really big and clap our hands, and we'd all clap our hands too. And then she would turn around and do it again. And she would turn around, look at us again, smile, and clap our hands. She was seeing, did dad and mom see me do that? Were they happy with that? What did they think about that? Are they smiling at that? That's what pursuing holiness is all about. We need to constantly look to God and say, is he smiling about that? Is he happy about that? How does he feel about what I just did? What does God feel about what I just said, right? Or or how I just reacted in that situation. We need to be uh, children of God that look to him for approval. We need to look to God for approval. We got to pursue a smile on God's face. 
I want God to smile on me. I want God to smile on my family. I want him to be happy with me. I want to be holy because I want to see the Lord. So how do we become holy? That's how we pursue holiness, right? We we are pursuing being pleasing to God. We want God to smile on us. We want God to be happy with us in every area of our lives. Like we said, our emotions, our mind, our um, our spirit, our attitudes, our conversation, our dress. We want God to be happy with us. Becoming holy is not just following a set of rules or not doing this and doing that or staying away from here but going here. That's not... That, that that's not the basis of becoming holy. The Bible says that uh, to be holy for God is holy. So there's only one thing that's truly holy in this in this life and in this world, and that's God. God is truly holy. and and in order for us to become holy, we've got to get closer to God because we're all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And, and we've all been born into this fallen state. We've all been born into this sinful and wicked world, and we need a Savior. We're not holy. We're far from it. We are not righteous. We are far from it. And so we need to, we need to look to the one who is holy. And, and so the principle is this. The closer you get to God, the more holy you become. The more of his holiness he puts on you, the more of his righteousness he puts on you. It's coming closer to God. Yes, it's wanting to please him. It's pursuing uh, a smile on his face. But it's more than just doing these things. It's an action of coming closer to God. We are, with each step closer to God, we become more like him. We become more holy because he is. We become more righteous because he is. He puts his righteousness on us. That's how we've got to look at it. It's not a list of rules. Yes, there are do's and don'ts. We don't we don't talk bad. We don't uh, dress immodestly. We don't uh, get in fights and do all kinds of crazy stuff. We try to please God. We try to live right. But it's more than just a list of do's and don'ts. We're trying to get close to God. We're trying to get closer to Jesus because we want to be holy as he is holy. It's coming closer to God. Uh, Romans eleven sixteen says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. So how do you get holy? The Bible says that if the root is holy, then the branches are holy. That tells me that the only way I can be holy is to connect to the root. And Jesus is the root and he is the offspring of David. Listen to me. The only way we can be holy and achieve holiness is if we get connected to the root. If we get close enough to grab a hold of Jesus, we can be holy as he is. And this is my uh, last few points and we're going to close this. There are a few different verses in scripture. I have them written down here, but I'm not going to read them. So there's Psalms 29 and 2. There's Psalms 96 and 9. First Chronicles 16 and 29, Second Chronicles 20 and 21. So these are four different verses of Scripture in the Old Testament that all use the same phrase. Okay? They all say this, all four of these Scriptures, they say to worship or praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And I'm no Hebrew scholar. Far from it. I do have some words written down here. I will not try to pronounce them. Uh, 
because there may be somebody that knows how to pronounce them and I may do it wrong. But my discovery when I looked into this and tried to, uh, when I felt the Lord was leading me in this direction, this was last year, I think that God began to speak this uh, particular principle to me. And I was looking at the different Hebrew words for beauty that was used in the Old Testament. I found four. There may be more. I definitely did not go through every single word, uh, every single translation for beauty in the Old Testament. But the majority that I went through, there were these four different words, and they were used in different instances to have a different definition of beauty. But there was one used in the phrase, the beauty of holiness. It was not one of the other three. It was this one single word that was used Every time they said the beauty of holiness, all four scriptures in Psalms and Second Chronicles, where they were instructed to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, the word beauty was translated from the Hebrew word hadalra, which literally means to be decorated. It means to be adorned, to be decorated in a beautiful manner. The other three Hebrew words that I found in the Old Testament for beauty, they all just generally mean beauty, to be uh, pleasant to look at, to be pretty. But Hadara, the word used in the beauty of holiness those four times, literally the first definition isn't even beauty. It means to be decorated. It means to be adorned. It literally means that what that translation it is, is to be decorated beautifully by holiness, to worship the Lord in the decoration of holiness. It doesn't just mean something has beauty. It means it has been decorated beautifully. It doesn't just mean something has beauty. It means a decorated beauty. And so when we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, first of all, some people say that holiness is bondage. Holiness is not bondage. Holiness is beautiful. The Bible says it's a beauty of holiness. But when we pursue holiness and we try to get closer to God. We want to be more like God. I want to I want to connect to the root. I want to be holy as he is. He decorates us with his holiness. He decorates us with his goodness. He decorates us with his righteousness, right? That's why we refrain from decorating ourselves with the stuff that this world thinks is beautiful because I'm not decorated by the world. I'm decorated by Jesus. I'm not decorated by the culture. I'm decorated by Jesus. I want to be pleasing in the eyes of God and not in the eyes of my culture or my world. But, but here's this. There's an old saying that we've all heard that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Well, in this instance, it's not true. The beauty of the decorated is in the hands of the decorator. The beauty of the decorated depends on the decorator. It doesn't matter if you have pretty decorations, if you do not have a good decorator. You can, uh, I talked at the beginning of this episode about my wife decorated for Christmas. She does a really good job at decorating. I do believe that. Um, my mother does a really good job decorating. She can make a house look beautiful. Some people have a, a natural talent for decorating things, right? But you can take a decorations for a living room or something like that. Some pictures, a mirror, furniture, uh, a, a coffee table, some curtains, and they can be all really pretty decorations, some pictures. But if the person doesn't know how to decorate and they don't have an eye for it and they just put stuff in random places, it's going to look like a jumbled up mess. Uh, for instance, a Christmas tree has a lot of decorations on it. And 
you can take all of these ornaments and ribbon and tinsel and things like that. Everything's pretty. All of those decorations are nice and pretty. But if you just randomly put those things on and just throw it on there, it's going to look a mess because the beauty is not in the beholder. The beauty is in the decorator is somebody that's good at decorating and nobody can decorate you like Jesus can decorate you. Nobody can decorate you like Jesus can decorate you. The Bible says that God has an image for you and his image is greater than any other image. We serve the God that decorated the universe universe that put the stars in the sky, put the galaxy together, uh, made all the planets revolve around the sun and the moon around their respective planets. That's the God we serve. And we want, we need to be decorated by him to worship him in the beauty of holiness, to pursue him, get closer to him, look towards Jesus. Did he smile at that? Was he happy with that? When we pursue God and we get closer to him, he puts on us. He puts his righteousness on us. He decorates us with the fruit of the Spirit. He decorates us with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, temperance. He, he puts those things on us. It's not of us. We're not beautiful in ourselves. We're not holy in ourselves, but God can make us holy. We are partakers of his holiness, and for that I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God looked down on this mess of a human, this this young man that's made a lot of mistakes, and he gave me another chance. He picked me up out of the miry clay and set my foot on a rock and established my goings, and he made me brand new. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God has decorated me with his spirit. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, sorry it's not long. I just wanted to get on here and just share what was on my mind and on my heart for just a few moments. And I hope you have a great holiday week and weekend this coming up weekend. I hope you enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Um, thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. I apologize that today, this week, wasn't an, inter an interview. Um, we are trying to get that set up for next week, so hopefully we can have an interview next week. But share this episode. Uh, talk to your friends tell them to check out the podcast let's see if we can't grow our family here at more to the story but once again thank you for joining us here uh, god bless you thank you for listening i encourage you to subscribe and leave a rating hope to see you again next week